Hey guys, it's your boy D Palm. Uh, before you get into this episode of UD Pod, recorded with my homie Justin about college football, it's important to give you guys some context. We recorded this on Monday at 6 p.m. So immediately after recording, everything went fucking nuts. Brian Kelly's LSU head coach. Notre Dame doesn't have a head coach headed into the playoff potentially. Uh, the rumors of Luke Fickle taking the Notre Dame job would be very funny because he may have to coach two teams in the playoff. That's not true, but it's funny. Um, and yeah, so. There are lots of jokes here, um, but what's important to note here is that all these coaches are leaving on little to no notice before the biggest game of these children's lives, and the children don't have the same rights. And that's a downer, and that sucks, but also Brian Kelly's getting paid $15 million allegedly a year to go lose at LSU. Um, if that's how much Brian Kelly's getting paid, you've got to pay these children. You've got like I think that if anything's going to push Congress to say, hey, maybe we should pay these kids, it's Brian Kelly getting $15 million a year to coach football. Not to be, I've done Lincoln Riley, got a great uh, package from USC. You can Google see what's rumored out there. But I did want to address it. I did want to say something. I did something on the back end, but I decided not to add that. Wonderful on the front end so you guys can know that we know that crazy shit happens. And to answer one of the questions on the podcast that Justin just texted me about this morning, does Florida want to win? The answer is apparently no. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Talk to you guys next time. Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR Network at, you guess it, the MTR Network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. They get podcasts away for free. 99. So this is good. This is a good time for podcasts. We're out of rivalry week in college football. We're ahead of championship weekend. This is the week where none of the rankings matter because next week's still got to happen. And this is the week I finally feel comfortable enough to invite someone to talk about not just college football, specifically at the top of college football, specifically the team that occupies the top of that spot. But we brought on someone who will bring a very good perspective, not necessarily fawning, not necessarily appreciative, not even necessarily happy at all about what's happening. The Three Fifths Podcast. Homie Justin, what's up, Justin? This is my long-standing national nightmare. Like this is it. This is it. We've, it's. I didn't think. I honestly didn't think we'd ever see it. Like what? Georgia went to the t- national championship in seventeen, and I and I didn't feel this way about them going. Like yeah. now, th- this is different than seventeen. Well. So in 17, Georgia wins the SEC. And then I believe they go to the wire in the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield. And he fooled y'all. Um, and then the Bama game happens. And I've talked about it before. I was there. I brought my father. Um, my best friend's got his tickets. I was sitting with him and his father. And it was all bad. All that, all the time. Yeah, but it wasn't unexpected. I think that's the that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I did not expect Georgia to win that game. And that was that was another weird year where people had just latched onto Georgia for the hashtag culture, and I was like, I don't know if y'all want to do that uh, to yourselves again. First of all, relax, relax, but just relax. Let's just 
relax. They were better than that, but I see, what, I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing here. Just relax. Um, but no, this year, Georgia's a machine. Like, Georgia has built a team that you would expect to see out of Tuscaloosa. Yes, correct. And so you have a you have a professional eye at this. I have a fan's eye. Like I I I I think I see things, but I come to you to make sure that what I'm seeing is real and not just an illusion. It looks like Kirby hasn't done anything radically different. He's just doing it better than he was doing it previously. It's still that slow grinding. I will run you to death. I have a defense that will strangle you to death and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. So it's like, is that accurate or it's different. Okay. In two very clear ways. I'm going to go back to the 2017 team because damn, um, it is the first, the fifth season ever. Georgia had beaten all traditional rivals in the same year. Um, at the time, clearly it's gotten a little out of hand since then. Um, but that was the season that Georgia played Auburn in the, in the SEC title game because Auburn had that fraud win against Georgia and then that fraud win against Alabama to end their season. They got blown out 20-7 to 7 against Georgia because, like you mentioned, Georgia was playing largely their system of Kirby Smart of hitting in the mouth, both sides of the ball, and then suffocate you on defense. The thing that's changed defensively is the straight-up caliber of athlete. And I was going to wait and talk about this later. We'll talk about it now. Watching them play Tech this past Saturday, for the little I paid attention to it, the gap between athletes was so real. I don't know if you saw the 77-yard catch by Brock Bowers. A lot of ridiculous names on this team. Um, tight end, turning up field, beautiful run. The Tech players could have had the angle. They were just too slow. And I think that's what you're seeing happen. And we'll get into this more later on. That's what you're seeing happen a lot in the postgame with Mullen when Smart said, I don't care how good you are as a coach, you can't outcoach talent. And I think Kirby's made that the cornerstone of what he's done down there. But we'll talk about Georgia some more later. Let's talk about the question you asked me earlier via text. Could you verbalize it for the audience, please? All right. So, one, this is really weird because, like, as I was actually driving, I had to go into the office today. And as I was driving, I was like, yo, we haven't done a UD pod in a while. We didn't do the cocktail game UD pod. And I really want to talk to Palm about coaching and what makes a good coach. Mm-hmm. And, like, specifically through the lens of why Dan Mullen didn't work. Mm-hmm. Because after Georgia... After the events of October 29th. Um, <laughs> Is that what we're referring to the mass? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm referring to that it as. the game has entered in your mind now? <laughs> I like that we've destroyed you. Like, I think that that's fun. The, the idea that Florida fans have been utterly demolished by this team is a very fun thing to talk about. But go ahead. Ask your question. Like... Watching that game I was like, wow, this is how Georgia felt during the 90s. Like th- this feeling of utter despair. Just like you, even you have no idea. Personally. When, <laughs> even when we lost before, it never felt as though we were outclassed. Right. Like when Rick beat, it was, who did Rick beat when they did the, the stopping on the end zone? That was the 07 team. Yes. Um, that Florida team was coached. That's a great question. Well, let me see who was coaching that team. That was Urban. It was 07. It was Urban. That was Urban. 
like that didn't feel like we were outclassed. That felt like we weren't ready for that game. That felt like Georgia came into that game with the sole purpose of we're going to beat the shit out of Florida. Hey, Florida lost three games like that under Urban Meyer. They lost to Alabama. They lost to Georgia. Anyways, not that we live that, but <laughs> it did not feel as though we had no chance. It felt as though we were not prepared for an opponent that we should have taken way more seriously than we did. This felt like nothing we did mattered. Like, even in the beginning when it was close, I was watching and I was like, it's close because Georgia's toying with us, not because of anything Florida's doing. At some point, the floodgates will open and this will get bad. Right. And then pick, fumble, pick later, it was 21 nothing or 21-7. That was the moment I knew we were going to win the title. Or at least we're going to get to where we are right now. How about that? We're going to get to the NC title game was – the last two minutes of the first half against Florida. Uh, okay, we're fine. Like, I saw that. I was like, uh, yep, this this is it. This is – and so you talk about caliber of athlete. Mm-hmm. This oh. whole year, mm-hmm. I've just seen Florida be out-talented. Not just out-coached, out-talented. So I wrote a thing. I, I wrote myself notes because I wanted to answer your question, like, earnestly and with thought and care. What makes a good coach in 2021? It's a fair question. It's a fun question. It's an interesting question because the question now becomes, does your school want to win a title? There's a gentleman down in Miami who they fired the AD. It looks like they're going to fire him. But the question at Miami has to be, do you want to win a title? And the answer, according to Miami, is yes. They're going to loosen the post strings and go for a search. But when you look at Florida's statement, we look at Oklahoma's statement, we look at USC statements released after either vacancies or, or hirings, there's a cohesive message. There is a voice that says we are operating as one. The situation in Miami right now is one where you've got boosters and people on boards using the media to back channel to support the current coach. So my question first is, do you want to win titles? And you're a Florida fan, of course you do. Because now we're seeing something we've never seen before. Lincoln Riley, who, the snake in me. See, people were saying that he lied or that he obfuscated the truth or that the media didn't ask the right questions. Go rewatch the clip again from after Bedlam. He doesn't let them ask him about a job. The guy's hinting and saying, hey, hey, let me volunteer this. I will not be the head coach at LSU. And that was the truth. He's going to USC now. But why is he going to USC? Well, he wants to be a good coach. What does that mean? That means that he looked up and saw Oklahoma headed to the SEC. Now, the SEC, I don't care. I'm an SEC I'm a Georgia fan. I think the conference affiliation is weak, though the Big Ten is a Ponzi scheme. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> it is. You're telling me Michigan State's number 14 in the nation so we can probably up Ohio State? I see what you're doing. Um, now, the SEC, when Oklahoma comes in, they're going to do fine. But what's fine in Oklahoma and for those fans is a very different kind of fine than what's going to happen in the SEC. In Oklahoma, since really conferences started, they were in the Big A, which was called Oklahoma in the Seven Doors. Then they rolled in Texas, and it became the Big Two and the Little Six. Even the Big 12 has largely been Oklahoma in them. 
It's been so bad that the Bedlam win this past weekend was one of the very few for Mike Gundy in this series. And he's been there 14, 15 years. Your standard expectation for Oklahoma has to go from 10 wins a season to eight to occasionally six. Because that's the new reality. I'm Lincoln Riley, and I know fans get and they've got more access than ever. Why would I stick around for that? When everything, the water's about to get, the level of success at Oklahoma is going to drop. I don't care what you think about the Sooners. That's an objective truth. So he goes to USC, a program that has structures in place, is under fire for Title IX violations, but it's got the infrastructure. And Justin, it's all the Pac-12 has. The Pac-12 is predicated on the idea that, well, SC will be good and the rest of us will rise alongside them. What happened this year? Oregon knocks off Ohio State in the horseshoe. Crabs in a barrel. They can't get it done because that's what the Pac-12 does. They cannibalize their own. And Lincoln Riley said, hey, I can get out of here and go do this right now. The coaching carousel starting earlier. David Cutcliffe just got fired at Duke. Do you want to guess his record this past season? Oh, let me actually guess. They went, they went eight games. I'm going to say eight. Eight games. That is a big claim. It wasn't eight. I lost it because I was Googling too furiously. So give me one second here. Oh, I'm sorry. Duke lost eight games in conference. They went three and nine. So so a regular Duke year prior to Mr. Cutliffe. Second second tier, second time making this trip. What I would posit to you, Duke, is what do you think is going to happen next? Because David Cutliffe, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, evening, before David Cutcliffe shows up drunk on the Manning cast, it calls both those boys his real sons. <laughs> Which, I mean, argue if you want. What's Duke going to hire? And I say that to say this. Georgia Tech. I'm sure one or two of you listening to Georgia Tech fans can't imagine why. Maybe your alumni. Maybe your parents were. That's the only two reasons to cheer. Georgia Tech went 3-9 again this year. They've gone three and nine every, they won three games, all three seasons played under this coach after Paul Johnson. Is Paul Johnson a good football coach? I don't think so. Was he right for that situation? Maybe. Because now with Georgia going up and Paul Johnson recruiting no star athletes, you've been edged out of the entire super talented Atlanta marketplace. There's no way to get back in. So what's a good coach? I don't know. I have not asked you about this yet. But Florida, after (laughs) Dan Mullen, to answer your question directly, why did Dan Mullen fail? Because Dan Mullen doesn't like recruiting. And he didn't like it, and he's not good at it. And tying to a larger theme, they broke college football when they went national. Because now, with private jets and SEC networks, Why wouldn't the top tight end from California come play for Georgia? Used to be the only team on television every week was Notre Dame. That's how they were relevant. But now they've all got TV deals. They've all got conference deals. 
So when you take away saying, oh, Florida's going to have the first crack at all this local talent, why would you have first crack now? Why? I can't think yeah. of a reason. Yeah, no, that 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 is that is a great point. And unless you're dogging about recruiting. So, Justin, this is something I've actually talked about with Felder a bunch. That the sport changed around 08, 09, and so did the idea of what a coach was. It was changing before that, but the large-scale paradigm shift, I would think. To where, when I hire you as a coach, am I hiring you to develop young men? Absolutely not. Am I hiring you to teach technique? Probably not. Well, am I hiring you to, I'm hiring you to schmooze boosters, to give us more money, to do more of the second thing, which is bring in the best athletes. And while people told us that this would give us parity and that more athletes would have more chances to go more places, as has always happened in the history of the world, winners flock to winners. That's why you have a draft in the NBA. Otherwise, everyone would join the Lakers as a free agent as a rookie. But now, there's no draft for high school football. If I'm a top-tier player at one of these schools, and I want to play on Sundays, why wouldn't I go to an increasingly shortening list of schools? It's a hard question to answer, but it's a question that your new hire is going to have to deal with. Coming out of Louisiana, what have you heard about Billy Napier and what he's going to bring to the table? I have heard absolutely nothing other than the fact that he might be looking at David Balk as a defensive coordinator. Or Doug Balk, I'm sorry. Out of uh, Houston. But I've, I've heard nothing. So that's why I like, I know what my expectations are as a fan, and I'm realizing how spoiled I've been. Yes. Um, it has Florida just been the kid in the tuxedo shirt at the big kids table this whole time? Not the whole time. So that's the thing that's happened. That's the shit that's occurred. It's the rich have gotten richer. And at certain points, the richer have to be like to, to keep being rich. You got to keep getting more exclusive as a club. And Florida just found themselves outside the club. Like that's it. Like maybe they'll get back in. But right now, buddy. They put together a top 10 recruiting class, except the top four of the other top 10 are in your conference. Right. Like, that's a problem. And the gap, like, that's what the, like, the you want to talk about the real problem at Florida? The real problem at schools that, at Tennessee is that when your kids come to those showcase games, and one, you lose. Those are bad. But two, they're at your game, right? They're having a great time. They're on social media the whole time, too. These other kids who were who were getting recruited and locked up early by Georgia, and I can explain to people how recruiting works. It's amazing how there's so many five-star athletes still available at signing day. It's almost like once they're signed somewhere as a five-star, they boost everyone else's ratings up. Anyway, because um, they got to sell magazines and subscriptions. Um, everything, everything is a marketing game. You can say it. Everything's wrestling. You can say it. Thank you. That you, you can say it. Everything is wrestling. Look, no, I, I have taken I have taken that from you. Like I've used that to explain so many different things. Just like no, yeah. everything's wrestling. There, I was Every, explaining this to someone else, and they were describing why something was more valuable than something else. They go, well, all values perceived. 
And they said, what do you mean? I said, if you tell me it's worth something, I've got to take your word for it or prove that it's not. Either way, once you set a price, the value has been set. If I think it has value, it has value. Why is gold value? Because we say it is. Once you've gotten to all values perceived, like it, everything is wrestling. Can I make you believe these things? And we're going to see. Because I am actually nervous about the viability of college football as a whole. I'm not like, no, no, exact, I'm doing great. You boy? Georgia fan? We're good. Columbia went seven and three. Can't tell me shit. But the health of the game, I've got questions, man. As you look at some of these results from this past weekend, you got a second, we're going to go through the college football scoreboard. We'll start at the top of the list because that's the top. Georgia Bulldogs demolishing, dismissing, making me forget you're even still a program on Georgia Tech. Justin, in our lifetime, Georgia Tech has won a national title. Wait, what? Georgia Tech won a national title in the 90s. When? They Hold on. Colorado. They split that one with Cornell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dog, like... That's oh my god! Football might be broken, dog. I feel like the you know the astronaut meme always has been. <laughs> exactly, yo. Like when I tell people I was alive the last time Tech won a national title, not like an ACC title, not a they beat Georgia, a national title. So hold on, you mean to tell me Georgia Tech has won a national title? Say it, say it so I can hear it. From, I've heard it from everyone else looking at my entire life. Go ahead and say it. Before Oklahoma State beat oh. Oklahoma. Yes. Oh, we'll get to Bethel. Oh, don't you worry. We'll get to Bethel. Oh, Jesus Christ. We'll get to Bethel. <laughs> uh, but that's what I'm saying. Oh, you see how crazy that shit, like Georgia Tech, they're in Atlanta. They're in downtown Atlanta. Yeah. It it's a beautiful campus. Beautiful campus. Don't like the people on campus? Cool. You're in fucking Atlanta. But on Saturday, Bobby Dodd was Athens West, dude. I watched it on my I watched it on mute on my laptop because I had the big I had the Ohio State Michigan on the big screen. But I would I would go in the commercials and just listen. The noise they made for George Pickens, another here you go. How is college football different from when I played? George Pickens tore his ACL in the spring. He took his first snap on Saturday, caught a fire. Played five snaps, caught one ball for five yards. Ha, but okay. You know, but you don't want to get a jab for a vaccine. Anyway, stop. I'm sorry. Let me stop. Look, listen. I'm I'm there with you. I am right there with you. You know how much shit they have put in my body on the service of football that I did none, no research on? Anyway. Yeah. Back to the Georgia Georgia Tech. They used to call this thing clean old-fashioned hate. That's the name of the rivalry. It's rivalry week. This is a rivalry in the way that routes versus air is a rivalry in practice. 45 <laughs> to nothing? And that's not even the worst you've beaten them recently, is it? Oh, it is. It's it's the third worst result of the of you gotta remember Kirby hates tech because Kirby played at Georgia. And I always forget that Kirby played here. And then I'm like, oh yeah, he really hates tech. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know that 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 I 
I'm sure it's happened because football, college football is a weird sport where random things happen every now and then. But I can't remember Tech ever beating Georgia. Oh, it's happened way more. Hold on, let's let's find that actually. You've got, great point. It's happened a lot more recently than you think. Really? Um, yeah. It's why am I okay, Georgia Tech wiki page? Do you think I care about the school? Do <laughs> Do you think I hear? Thank you, Georgia Tech wiki. Football, because they're you know they'll have the rivalry page, and I'll just look it up. Right. Uh, rivalries, Georgia rivalry. Clean old fashioned hate. And the last time Tech won was 2016. Wait, really? how irrelevant is your program that I can't even remember you beating Dog, Georgia? It was 28-27. It was a great game. I remember, here's how bad it is. The last 20 years, I remember every tech win. I've got the list in front of me. Uh, 08, they beat, tech was uh, number 18 in the nation. They lost 45-42. I believe that was the Reggie Ball, the last Reggie Ball game. Um, 2014, 30-24 overtime. I forget what happened. That was a weird season for Georgia. I think 16 is the year... I think that's the game that got Rick fired. Okay. Okay. I think that's right. No, that's the, that's that's uh that's uh Kirby's first year. So 16 was Kirby's first year. And the 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 no, his second year. The the 34 the 30-24 overtime game is what got Rick fired. Excuse me. I got my time on off. And guess what? All three of this 20 years, last 20 years, happened in Athens. College football is weird. But that's even weirder. So, like, I'm explaining to you, like, this is like they've won recently, and now they're losing 45 to nothing. And if you caught any of the highlights, there's at no point when you think, oh, these athletes are the same. At no point. None. None. It's... It's a little it, like when I was in high school, I'm trying to think they won three in a row in the 98, 98 to 2000. But it's a lot of red on this page, man. And then, of course, before that, 1990, when Tech won the national title. But now it's a non it's a non program. They won three games. If Georgia won three games, they fire the governor. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> three games. Three years in a row? What are we doing? Like, no, no, I'm sorry. I mean, f- further context, if Alabama loses three games. They'll fire Saban the next day. Today. Yes. If, if they lost, <laughs> let them let them lose to Georgia and then lose the bowl game. There will be hot seat rumors on Feinbaum's show the next Monday. Mark my word. Oh, if he had lost to if he had lost to Auburn and then followed that up with a loss to Georgia. Hey, bro. If they <laughs> lost to Auburn. I did bet my house on Alabama in this game on Saturday. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they lost to Auburn, like, oh shit. Got pissed off, Nick. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> not just that. At that point, Nick Saban is coaching for his job. That is not an exaggeration. See, and that's where you and I think Nick Saban is wired differently. I don't think Nick Saban does fear. I think the first time they come for his job, he'll quit. You know what? Fair. I think Fair. at this point. Fuck him. He will say fuck you very much and leave. Like I, Nick got a lot of fuck him in you. And you know what? You know who else has got a lot of fuck him in you? Who I think, like objectively, 
If you look at me as a man, I could like John Harbaugh. Yo, okay, we're on the same page there. He wants to play hard-nosed defense. I'm on board. He wants to run the ball a bunch. Let's do this. He wants to hit him in the mouth offensively, defensively, every way you can. Ain't that some shit? That speaks to my soul as a football fan. But who buddy John Harbaugh corny is hell? He is now one for however many games that matter. Because I'll be kidding goddamn if they didn't go down into their big house and beat the dog shit out of Ohio State. And if I can just join everyone in Ohio, or excuse me, Michigan saying this, fuck Ohio. I didn't think, this is one of the ones where, like, honestly, when Ohio, if Ohio State would have won, I had a much better rant about the Big Ten being a Ponzi scheme than this. But this is when your Ponzi scheme goes wrong, baby. When you're using other bad teams to prop up bad teams, do you remember when I was a top five team? See, I do because I enjoy schadenfreude. I like, would love to see Iowa go against George. Like that. Uh, we'll talk about fictional matchups soon. Don't you worry. But like the Big Ten exists to validate the Big Ten. Yes. Let's look at Ohio State's schedule. Let's just do this. Play a fun game. Let's see what games they won. Minnesota, they won 45-31. Do we think Minnesota's a good football team? I don't. Oregon lost 35-28 in the horseshoe. Oregon's fine. They beat Tulsa by 20. Fine. Beat Rutgers by – and then they get into the Big Ten is a Ponzi scheme of the schedule. Rutgers, 52-13. Maryland, 66-17. IU, 54-7. And then because they've also gotten fat on bad teams, we're then told that the Penn State game is a true measuring stick. <laughs> 33-24. And then we're told, because it's actually kind of true – Nebraska might be the best three-win team you've ever seen. And that's not shame. If there's a Nebraska fan listening, your point differential in conference this year is zero. They were up seven going into the final game of the season, but they lost that game by seven. So they finished breaking even in the conference, and I think going 0-8. So when I, when I say that I am not denigrating Nebraska, I mean that shit. They beat Nebraska by nine. We're then told, because Purdue does like a crazy thing once a year, because, and Purdue, Purdue does this crazy thing, because the Big Ten's a Ponzi scheme. Oh, a Big Ten team made number two, and then they lost to Purdue. How crazy is that? It's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and then I'm told, through no logic of anyone's sort of brain, that Michigan State is the number four team in the nation, and that Ohio State being in 56-7 changes everything. Justin, is this not a Ponzi scheme? I had never heard it phrased that way until you, but I've always thought that the Big Ten, like, the Big Ten is just there so Ohio State can look good. But when you phrase it as a Ponzi scheme, I'm like, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense. It, 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 it is, it makes perfect sense. Even when the Ponzi scheme messes up, it still achieves its objective. Because Ohio State goes down, oh, this Big Ten team that beat Ohio State, look how good they are. Look. See, here's – okay, so now we're getting into the fun part of the show because what if Iowa outpunts Michigan? Like what? Like what if? Just what if? 
But rivalry week did not stop at the big house. Alabama, we already mentioned it, won a triple overtime game against Auburn, who didn't have their starting quarterback, and and backed into bowl eligibility, finishing at six and six. Look, I can't I can't say too much about that. We also backed into bowl eligibility at a six and six. Yeah, but so. you didn't back into it. You won the fucking football game. Uh, did we win? So hold on, you saw how Florida State Florida lost State that lost. game, right? <laughs> you know what? We didn't I'm win. not going to challenge you on that. <laughs> Florida State lost. Florida we State almost lost to a quarterback with one arm. Like Alabama lost to, lost to a quarterback with one leg. Also true. <laughs> like, and this is the other thing that gets me. They want to expand the playoff, Justin. There are two good teams in America right now. I'm curious to see who you think the second good team is. I said there are two. Oh, I thought you said there are two. I was like, all right, I'll give you one. I've got Georgia and TBD. And we'll talk ourselves into it because it's all a television show. And like you said earlier, everything is wrestling. we got to sell these fucking tickets. When you think about everything is wrestling and the the entire motivation is we got to fill these seats, the world starts changing for you. That's all I'm saying. Think about it that way. Um, Notre Dame might be in the playoff. All right. We've had, I don't, I don't know if we've ever recorded this discussion, but we've had this discussion about how the BCS was right and good. I look, I know what I saw. <laughs> I feel like every time I get too deep into this, I feel like a UFO guy. I, just, I know what I saw. You ain't going, nothing you say will change my mind. I know what I saw. Like, all right, so I'm just, I'm looking at the top 10 right now. Because human beings are involved, and as you said, everything is wrestling. Notre Dame is, I'm so, Notre Dame is John, yeah, I'll say they're John Cena. They'll put cheeks in the seats. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? That's 100% fair. The the, the numbers pop when Cena's on Raw. Yes, you're right. And when Notre Dame is on television, people watch. Yes. I can see the committee talking themselves into Notre Dame for that reason alone. Oh, They're going to go in. They may go in as the three seed with Cincy as the four. If Georgia Georgia obliterates Bama and Michigan wins, those are your final four. And we'll continue our streak of not having any good good semifinals games. It's almost like. Look, look, you're preaching the choir, buddy. And if your reason for wanting a playoff is more football, I hate you. I want you to – this is me, Daniel Palmer, not Dee Palm, not on the podcast. This is me as a man saying I hate you. Because you don't get more football without it costing something on the back end for these children. And I have to remind everyone, 18 to 22, children. Also, the least reliable animal on the planet is the 18 to 22-year-old male especially American, do not gamble on these children. That being said, if it, if if my final four gives me Georgia versus Cincy, I'll feel terrible, Justin. <laughs> no, you won't. never put a non-group of five in the top four again. It'll never, like, this is how you, re- the reason the BCS was good and right and fair is because it gave these mid-market teams the opportunity to be seen on the national stage with a proper spotlight and to beat teams like Oklahoma when Boise State beat them. 
it allows that team that you say is only going to get bigger because everyone's getting bigger. No, no, no. It allows that team to grow national prominence, get Chris Peterson a job elsewhere, and get an honest to God. Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Boise State quarterback, younger than me, but now is the head, uh, offensive coordinator in Dallas. Kellen Moore. No, not Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore. Yeah, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore doesn't have a career without the BCS. Full stop. And there's no one I'll be able to say that about but the playoff. Yeah, because the playoff is all about putting the names you know on television because these are human beings saying, well, do we really think Cincinnati is good? Do we really think Oklahoma State deserves the shot? Okay, so that's those are two different statements that are about very advantages. Do we think they're good? That never enters the room. That's fair. See, people are fighting about the integrity of the game. Dog, baby, the integrity of the game is how do we keep getting paid? You've got to realize the game that's actually being played here. It's not on the field. They don't – they do not care who you think the champion is. I know it's hard to hear, but the committee doesn't work for you. They work for the amorphous college football playoff, which isn't affiliated with the NCAA or any of the um, conferences, really, honestly. It's pretty – Someone should ask a lot of questions as to why these things occur or why certain schools still have football programs, Georgia Tech. Is it just for money laundering? Like, honestly, you and Vandy, <laughs> like, just be, go home and be a family man, dog. Like, this is ridiculous. Look, um, just the money they collect as a part of that conference, I'm sure it goes to some fine academic programs and some fine academic scholarships. They got to launder it, Justin. Of course it does. <laughs> That's how money laundering works. They can't go to where it's supposed to go. That'd be foolish. There's no point laundering it if we're not going to hide it, Justin. We're laughing because, like, that's the sneaky, sad truth about all of college athletics. It really is. It it's really all money it... laundering. Why does your favorite school have a barber? They don't need a barber. There are barbers in the town. They have a barber because they got to hide this money. Why, why do they have a water slide? They don't need a water slide. You couldn't be more right. But they got to hide this money. His locker spins. Of course it does. Because we got to hide this money. And there's not a lot better ways to hide money than in construction projects and improvements that you don't know how much they cost. So, okay. Before we go down this rabbit hole, permit me two minutes. I went to- uh, I was able to take Jonathan and Tiff to Florida A&M. See my, my alma mater, see my campus. I'm seeing all the, they tore down some old dorms that were honestly like basically the size of prison cells. They had to go. They've been there since my grandmother attended fam. So they had to go. They've got a new, they renovated the stadium. They've got a brand new, one of those giant projector screens in the stadium. They've built two new housing facilities. They built a new student center. Uh, they're renovating the business. And I'm like, yo, where is all this money coming from? I'm afraid to ask these questions. Don't ask those questions. <laughs> the answer is why you want to donate. You know what? You're right. That's what they'll you say back ask- to you. That's what they'll say to you. You are absolutely. Hey, look, I, I guess being on ESPN3 every week is working out for FAMU. Oh, man. I'd be remiss uh, to have you here talk all this football and not ask you about the NBA and 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 we could talk about Knickerbockers because whatever we could talk about the Hawks because whatever but I want to talk about the biggest thing in the room 
This Lakers thing is not working at all. I am shocked. I actually am. Like, I don't know if you're being facetious or not, but I am. No, I, I am legitimately shocked. I expected, okay. I didn't expect them to be, like, best in the West. I expected no. them to, to, you know, finish out at the 4-5 seed and get it together because that's what they do. I'm watching a Kurt Vogel, or I'm, I'm watching a Frank Vogel team be bad on defense. Like, not I'm just not, bad, like, unacceptable on defense. Yes. Like, I'm not used to seeing that. Even when it wasn't clicking before, they were always a good defensive team. Now they're not, and I don't know why. Because when I look at the team, I see people that I think are good on defense. Maybe not necessarily stars, but not bad. I, I mm. see people that should not be bad at defense, and they are bad. Right. And I don't know how you fix that. These are the last few games they've given up. This is the points they've given up. They gave 106 to the Pistons, 141 to the Kings, 116 to the Pacers, 100 to the Knicks, because, damn it, the Knicks are still... Yo, Kimba's done. Ain't that some shit. Anyway, 116 to the Pistons, 130 to the Celtics, 109 to the Bucks, 121 to the Bulls, 114 to the Ghosts of the Spurs. No offense. 107 to the Timberwolves, 120 to the Heat, 126. Good Lord, when's the last time they didn't give up 100 to the Rockets a couple weeks ago? Like, that's ridiculous. What, What date was this game? 11-1. It's been a month. And when you watch them, they're they're screwing up assignments. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. It's not just been a month. That's the only team they've held under 100. You're joking. That's the only team this year they've held under 100 points. Yeah, that – I don't know how you fix that. Because when you watch them, they're not closing out. They're not – the things that you expect a good defensive team to do, they're just not. And the other thing, the, the big problem, is that Steph ain't missing. And I'm on this podcast saying that the window was closed for the Warriors, and I would like to personally and professionally apologize to Steph Curry and any other gods he worships. My Lord. I don't know how comfortable I am saying that the window is open. As long as I don't hold the gun, the window's open. I'm... I'll I'll rephrase. I don't know how good the pieces around Steph are going to continue to be because this seems anomalous. Steph being this good, I accept. Yes, he. I I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. He's gotten better. I don't know. I can't explain how he's gotten better, but no it feels does. like he's gotten better. It does. I don't know if those pieces around him are going to continue to be this good. Have you did you hear what he's doing with his trainer? No, I have not. I've read this in two separate stories, so I'm inclined to believe it's true. So in the offseason, in his personal trainer and shooting coach, they decided that things had gotten a little bit too lax in the way they were running things. So now there's a sensor in the ball and a sensor on the rim. If the ball goes through and it's not a swish, it's counted as a miss in his workouts. <laughs> this nigga's a supervillain. He's on the Vegeta workout program. He is weighted vests in 10 times Earth's back gravity. I, so, 
I re- I read um a piece I forget where I read it about um Clay Thompson just like struggling with his re- like not not physically struggling like just emotionally struggling with his recovery and juxtaposing that with Steph like taking his training to the next level I the human beings that play basketball are special and I don't think we give them enough credit for being as special as they are. Like, I think when you just see people that are exceptional at a thing, you just sort of take for granted how exceptional those human beings are. And like reading that piece on Clay Thompson made me appreciate just how special he is. Cause he works just as hard as Steph. Oh, there's video of him um, in shoot around at the Santa Clara game right now. Just crushing people, just dropping threes he wants to play so damn bad yes and i'm i'm actually glad they're not letting him I, right. I wish i wish more team san antonio would <laughs> keep the long-term health of their players in mind instead of short-term satisfaction as of two weeks ago there have been 13 players in nba history to make nine threes in a game at least three times in their career Steph Curry had made nine threes three times since the previous Monday. He's done it at least twice since then. <laughs> and I said I was on the hand of the dirt this week. Um, talking about this with Felder. No one's punched him yet. And I know the world's changed different. I'm old, whatever. It's fine. If you hit nine threes in my face in one evening, there's going to be a scuffle. And it's not just that he's hitting them. From the league regarding what happened next. (laughs) And it's not just the fact that he hits them. He does that little shimmy. He'll look down. He's taunting you as he's doing it. And this is two old men. That's fine. I get it. But y'all saw. (laughs) That Because that means that at no point in his life someone's hit him for that shit. No, it's not. not. No one hits him here. It's that no one's laid his nigga out for that. Like, oh, we between that and okay, so this is the last thing we talk about, and we talked about it for probably way too long. I handed dirt. So, if you listen to that podcast already, first of all, rude, mine came out first, but secondly, the Kevin Durant lotion situation, man, it, he really only cares about basketball. That's exactly the defense. One he the, doesn't brush his hair. He doesn't get lined up. Oh my god! This man, showed, this man showed up to the NBA Finals. Y'all have turned this shit into Kobe system. This is ridiculous. This man's poor hygiene has been construed into look how much he cares. No, no, not look how much he cares. I'm saying that is literally the only thing he cares about. Not oh, he cares so much about basketball. The only thing that enters his mind is basketball. Uh, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. And smoking weed. Oh, yes, and smoking weed. Kobe Bryant cared about basketball. Kobe Bryant was never out here looking like this. Michael Jordan, a bona fide sociopath. Michael Jordan was never out here looking like this. Because it don't take that long to put on low, like... Tim Duncan. Even Tim Duncan got a haircut before the NBA Finals. When, When he left his wife and got a girlfriend. That's a whole other... Well, thing to unpack. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> things are true. <laughs> That's not inaccurate. <laughs> I'm just saying, timeline works out. All I'm saying. Oh, 
Oh, but like, no, the, the, the only thing this man cares about, and not because he cares about basketball so much, it just, it has never entered his mind that I should put lotion on my ankles. That I shouldn't just only use the hotel soap to clean myself. That, that kind of dry, you only get from hotel soap. That, but he's, it's a home game, Just That kind of dry is multiple days of making the active decisions. I ain't put on lotion today. Yes. I'm going wear these tights. They can't see it. Maybe yes. dry skin clings to the tights better. I don't know. I don't wear tights. I'll tell you this. Dry skin, like ashy is one thing. Knees and elbows get ashy. Your hands get ashy. We get it. That was some... No, I hide my skin from the moisture. <laughs> I, I I glance upon a, a bottle of Palmer's every morning, and then I go about my day. I'll put it on. I just look at it. Just, mm, think about it. I walk off. His ankles look like the trenches of the Death Star. I. It looks like the lizard. Like he's trying to be cast in No Way Home. Like this shit is ridiculous. It can't be allowed. It can't be supported. And I need no one in the universe to take Justin's look at how much he cares tag. That shit's unacceptable. There, you can care about shit and still care about shit. Justin, tell no. us where they can find you. No, don't you know me? <laughs> <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is the people that actually cared about these things, like Michael Jordan, Kobe, they clean themselves. I'm not saying he cares so much. I'm just saying his brain has literally not thought of anything else. That is not something to be celebrated. This is This is a cry for help. He needs help. That's, this is multiple cries. They keep crying out loud. That's like, I sent you Curel. You said no. I sent you Palmas. You said no. I sent you Vaseline. And you said no. And you got to the pearly gate and said, Lord, why'd you let me die ashy? He said, I sent you all those things. What are you talking about, son? <laughs> oh. Justin, tell everyone where they can. Thank you for coming on and talking about this. Thank you for talking about Georgia football, even though I know it hurts you to a very real place in your soul. I do appreciate the sacrifice you've made for the entertainment of myself and others. Tell everyone where they can find all your good works. Uh, you can find me at Three Fifths Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LJ90. Uh, cur- the current thing we're working on on Three Fifths Podcast, I have conned my god sister and my good friend Asia into reading the entirety of One Piece. I am so proud of this accomplishment, and they actually enjoy it. So I'm enjoying that as well. You can catch me on ADD Space with Bacon and Aaron Rand Freeman. And I think that's all the places you can catch me at the moment. Thanks for having me, man. Look, for all the times we did the cocktail party where Florida was actually good, mm-hmm. I feel like this is, it's only fair. It, it's only fair. You're not going to feel that way when it's the same score for the next five years. I'm saying that right now. Um, oh, you're giving us five years. That's very generous. I'm, that's, that's as far as well I'm going to predict. Um, I'm also not excited that you've engaged in light torture on your podcast. That's weird. Reading one piece. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um... Thank you guys for listening. Justin, thank you for coming on. Dpalm, follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Like I mentioned earlier, you can find me on Hand in the Dirt podcast. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday after it's already come out, if you subscribe to Hand in the Dirt, you'd already have the show. Um, also, we are back with our Marvel Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. First two episodes have been reviewed. They're on your feed right now. Not behind the paywall because Chris and Ro are nicer than I am. I want to charge y'all again. Um, also, we have the Shang-Chi corner going up very shortly, and I should be up by the time this drops. And also our Super Tuesday podcast where we're reviewing Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and getting into comic book news and notes will be out as well. Um, hopefully Georgia wins Friday or Saturday, excuse me. I'm getting out of a Friendsgiving thing because they scheduled it for 4 o'clock on Saturday, 
and my wife's still going to go because she's a better person than I am. Um, but yes, I'll be on Twitter. I'll be hiding in my home with a bottle of whiskey. If it goes poorly, just block me. I get it. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week or whoever or, or, or whenever, you know, someone wants to hire me to coach your team. 